You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and on Young and Profiting Podcast, we investigate a new topic each week and interview some of the brightest minds in the world. My goal is to turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your everyday life, no matter your age, profession, or industry. There's no fluff on this podcast, and that's on purpose. I'm here to uncover value from my guests by doing the proper research and asking the right questions. If you're new to the show, we've chatted with the likes of ex-FBI agents, real estate moguls, self-made billionaires, CEOs, and best-selling authors. Our subject matter ranges from enhancing productivity, how to gain influence, the art of entrepreneurship, and more. If you're smart and like to continually improve yourself, hit the subscribe button because you'll love it here at Young and Profiting Podcast. Today on Yap, we're sharing my interview from the Grow Your Podcast Summit, which took place in early July and included 33 industry experts who spoke on how to grow, monetize, and scale your podcast. I was interviewed by Deidre Tashin, the founder of CapShow, which is an AI-powered software that helps you write copy and promote your podcast. My topic for this session was advertising for your podcast, the how-to for LinkedIn and podcast player ads. We chat about my come-up story and how I used LinkedIn, as well as other creative strategies to grow the Young and Profiting podcast from 3,000 downloads a month to 500,000 downloads a month. I give tons of actionable advice for content and publishing strategies, and I share tips that you can start using today to grow both your social following and promote your podcast. Folks, they don't call me the podcast princess for no good reason. I know my stuff, and I let you in on all my secrets in this episode. So all you podcasters and wannabe podcasters, be sure to crank up that volume and get your notebooks out because I dropped tons of knowledge bombs in this conversation. And before we get started, I did want to ask that if you find any value from this episode, if you're an up and coming podcaster and you learn something new, the best way to repay me and thank me for giving away my secrets for free is to drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. So go ahead, take a couple minutes after the interview, drop us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you guys have other social media and podcasting advice, you can always join my text community just text YAP, Y-A-P to 28046 and you'll be in the community. You can ask me anything and I check those messages every single night. All right, so without further ado, here's my appearance on the Grow Your Podcast Summit. Hello, everyone. This is the Grow My Podcast Summit and I have Hala Taha with you. Now, get this, Hala is the host of Young and Profiting Podcast and this podcast is a top 50 podcast with over 4 million downloads. Oh my gosh. And she's also the CEO of Yap Media. It's a side hustle that was turned into a seven-figure business. Wow. That's amazing. Welcome to the Summit, Hala. Thank you, Deidre. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. I'm so pumped because I know that your growth trajectory is just such an inspiration for all of our audience on this summit. So let's start though with your podcast and your journey, getting it to this point. Yeah. So um, I started my career at Hot 97. It was a radio station. I started my career when I was just in college. I interned at the radio station for three years, learned everything about production. I first honed my on-air chops, recording commercials. 
Um, after the station, I became a blogger. I had a number one hip hop and entertainment blog site called the Sorority of Hip Hop. And I led 50 female bloggers. We had online radio shows on the side. It was the precursor of podcasts. Um, that didn't really pan out. I almost got a show on MTV twice. Pretty what? devastated. <laughs> got rejected a bunch of times. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to hang my hat up. Forget about the entertainment industry. I'm obviously not going to make it. You know, I didn't get my dream job at Hot and A7. I then didn't get the show on MTV after this like big website that I had. And I like just thought I'd never get back on a mic. But four years after being in corporate marketing, I got the itch again and I started Young and Profiting Podcast. And at that point, I had a lot of skills under my belt to do it right this time. Uh, podcasts were, you know, more mainstream. They were a thing. I, I knew enough to get one out the door and do it really well. And here we are, four years later, number one podcast across all apps. I've interviewed people like Deepak Chopra, Matthew McConaughey, have a team of 60 running a podcast network and a social media and podcast agency and making, you know, seven figures a year. So it's been amazing <laughs> to say wow. the least. Yeah. So basically not landing those those MTV roles really did you a favor. <laughs> yeah. In the end, you know, rejection is redirection, that famous saying. It's so true. I'm so thankful for all the no's that I got. I was rejected over and over and over again. It wasn't until I started my own thing that things really took off. And this isn't the this isn't quite what I wanted to ask you on this summit, but I'm just so intrigued. Like, how did you pick yourself back up? Because I think this is entrepreneurship, right? Like you do get rejected over and over and over again. So what what did you do? How did you, yeah, as I said, pick yourself back up and just keep going? Whenever something bad happens to me and I don't get something that I feel like I truly deserved and I'm devastated, I tend to channel my energy into learning something new. That's what I always do. So when I, I actually got fired from Hot 97 after working for there for free for three years and I got fired for like a really stupid reason, it was really unfair. I was devastated, but I was just devastated for a couple of days by, you know, I got fired on a Thursday. By Sunday, I was figuring out how to create websites and learned how to code websites and create like, you know, custom WordPress sites. And I launched my blog like the next week and, and it took off right away. So just channeling my energy into something new. When I, when I got rejected from MTV, I went and got my MBA. That set me up for a really nice corporate career. And that's the key. It's to focus on something else, to stay busy, to be productive, and to realize that your failures are a good sign. Because, you know, it, the more opportunities you get, the more opportunities you have to fail. And so when you fail, that actually means that you got an opportunity that many people would have been too scared to even get that opportunity to begin with. Yes. Wow. I love that. Okay. Now you have a huge audience, 4 million downloads. You've, you've interviewed some really, really cool people, as you mentioned. But I'm sure that it wasn't, it didn't start out like that. No. <laughs> so can you take us all the way back to that point? And can you talk us through some of the strategies that you actually credit for the growth of your podcast from the point you started to now? Yeah. Okay. So when I first started, I decided that I was going to promote my podcast on LinkedIn. And I specifically decided to focus on one channel and not spread myself thin by going on Instagram and Twitter and all these other sites. I decided that the people who would like to listen to Young and Profiting podcasts are going to be young professionals in corporate or young entrepreneurs. Those people are mostly on LinkedIn. And I did some testing when I first put out content People on Instagram liked my clothes and my makeup and that kind of thing. And people on LinkedIn cared about my brain and what I had to say. And so I really focused on LinkedIn for that point. So I was consistent every single day. 
I posted every single day and I made it part of my routine. So I used to have to commute from Brooklyn into the city to my job at Disney streaming services. And I would write my post every morning on the train and I would do my engagement every day on the way back from work. And that was my routine every single day. And I made it a point to be like, your one job on the train is to get out your post, right? And and that is important, the consistency. So that's something that I did want to like kind of put a light on. And um, I also just leveraged the DM. So one of the first things that I did was I just DM'd every single follower that I had. So I started with like 2,000 followers today. I'm one of the most popular influencers on LinkedIn. I have 160,000 followers, very engaged community. And so I just messaged everyone, hey, like, what's up? It's Hala. Like, you know, we met each other XYZ ago. Now I have a podcast. Here's the link. I'd love for you to listen. And because I had all this experience, my first episode was great. And it took me months to put out my first three episodes. They were masterpieces. People still love them. And most people are embarrassed of their first episode, but mine got people hooked and people were really excited. And I got very good reception from my episodes. And so I would just copy and paste, copy and paste DMs. By episode two, I got a message from who's now my business partner, Timothy Tan, my first volunteer for the show. And he basically was like, are you copying and pasting these messages? Because you could be automating this. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so he taught me all about LinkedIn automation. And he became my business partner. And you know now he owns 10% of Yap Media. And he taught me how to do automation. Then I started to do it at scale. So what I did was target Gary V's followers. And I thought, that Gary V had a very lookalike audience, meaning that anybody who would like his stuff, his podcast, he talks about marketing, they're going to like my stuff too. So I messaged people who liked and commented on his post through automation. And I said, hey, what's up? My name is Hala. I noticed you engage on Gary V's content. If you like his stuff, you're going to love mine too. Let's connect. Then nine out of 10 people would connect. I acquired like 10,000 of his fans. Then I was always the top comment on his stuff with 100 likes and got even more visibility because he I was always like that girl on Gary V's post. <laughs> and then I did it with Tony Robbins and Lewis Howes and like the, the next one after the next one. And all of a sudden I started going viral and I didn't need to really do that anymore. And I've used those same strategies to grow other people on LinkedIn as well now that I have a social media agency. So that's some of the ways that I grew, you know, as a LinkedIn influencer. And then I actually leveraged that influence to get featured in podcast apps. And that's how I blew up my podcast. Wow. Okay. That was, <laughs> that was ingenious. How did, okay. So, it, okay. Step, stepping back. So for someone who maybe isn't as familiar with LinkedIn, like in terms of content, is there a difference between the content that you would put on Instagram, Facebook, other places and LinkedIn? And what what is the difference between that content? And why is it so important to be as consistent as you were? Yeah. So content definitely varies on platforms. So like the size of your images, what type of content, videos, pictures, text only, what actually works on that platform. And so whatever platform that you're using, you want to study the platform. You want to learn all of its features, right? You want to really explore the different things and understand what the app is actually pushing because a lot of these apps, they're pushing certain features. So on LinkedIn for a while, they were pushing polls but they're no longer doing that. And so we don't post polls anymore because they're not working. Now on LinkedIn, like big portrait photos work. So I call them poster size. It's I think three like by five is like the dimension. And if you look on my page, you'll see that like most of our pictures are always in this portrait size because the bigger the real estate, the better it's going to perform on LinkedIn. And a static picture performs better than a video, performs better than a slider. Just a short, catchy caption and a static 
uh, graphic works the best on LinkedIn. Now we've seen our our most popular posts this year at Yap Media got a hundred thousand likes likes and eight million views on LinkedIn, wow. and that was actually a text post. And so we are testing text posts now because we're like, why did this get a hundred thousand likes and eight million views? And so sometimes things change, and you need to try to see like, well, is this a trend? Is this just a fluke? Should we lean into this? And and that's how you got to go about it. Wow. Okay. All right. So you started on LinkedIn and then you mentioned that you did blow up on podcast players. And there was another hidden strategy that you used to grow your show um, on podcast players. Can you talk us through what it is and how you discovered actually advertising on podcast players? Yeah, it's it's a really cute story. So I started growing my influence on LinkedIn uh, two years ago, let's say I had like 60,000 followers. And that was a big deal at that time. Like the bigger, biggest influencers had 60, 70,000 followers, like 100,000 followers was like so much on LinkedIn, right? And so I was getting some notoriety at a little clout. And I started doing some research. Um, I, I was thinking, you know, how can I leverage my following and cross promote with other podcasts, anything? And And I'm talking about anything. So I cross promoted with good pods, which is like a podcast rating. I worked with Podbean, my hosting provider and, and tried to get like cross promo with them. I worked with Audrey and they wrote a blog and, uh, just all the, anything podcast related, I'd shoot them an email. Hey, what's up on the biggest podcaster on LinkedIn now? Um, they, you know, I, I wasn't called the podcast princess yet. I was about to say that, but I, that wasn't my name yet. So I was like, I'm one of the biggest podcasters on LinkedIn now. And, you know, I'd love to promote you on LinkedIn in exchange for you writing a blog in exchange for you featuring me in your app, featuring me on your website. And so I did that constantly. And I would just always be looking for new podcast brands that I could reach out to and become this like podcast influencer within this niche. And it worked. People always said yes, because I really did have something unique. There wasn't a lot of podcasters on LinkedIn. And so I had that community. It was engaged. And so I actually looked up CastBox at one point. And I saw that they were looking for Twitter influencers. And that was, they had a whole website about how they're looking for Twitter influencers. And so I emailed them and I was like, hey, what's up? I'm Hala. I'm not a Twitter influencer, but I'm on LinkedIn and I'd love to collaborate. So they said yes. And they started promoting me to their international community every month. And I would do like a review solicit and I and they were really happy with my results. And so they literally sponsored me for like, five or six months and my podcast just took off. Like I, and they loved it too because the listeners stayed and retained on their app. So they thought it was like a fruitful collaboration. And uh, the lady's name is Valentina at CastBox. Now she's one of my closest friends. And she like, I always, I told her the other day, I was like, you like made me a podcast superstar because you believed in me and featured me in your app. Then I started doing the same thing with Player FM, with Podbean, with Podcast Republic. All these different apps started to feature me. Stitcher featured me. And um, my podcast just took off. I had really stagnant growth for a long time. I was way bigger than I seemed. Uh, in fact, I always feel like I, I'm way bigger than I seem. I'm always punching above my weight. And uh, I went from getting 3,000 downloads a month to 10,000 downloads an episode to 500,000 downloads a month. And, you know... Now it's crazy. I can't, sometimes I, I, it's still growing really fast. So it's just wow. been an amazing ride. That's amazing. And do you think uh, in, cause how long ago would that have been? Do you think? So the cast box thing was started two years ago and now okay. I have 235,000 subscribers on Castbox. Wow. So it just blew up. And do you think that same strategy could work for others if they were like listening to you and like, I'm going to do what she did. Do you think that 
could work again. So the lesson that you want to take from this is to think outside the box. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, I know I, I want visibility and I have something to leverage. So the lesson is grow something that you can leverage, whatever that is, grow a social platform, a YouTube channel, whatever it is, a community, a text community, an email list, anything that you can leverage Take that and trade that with other people who can also share your message to their audience. Hold tight, everyone. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You wanna get them in the right mindset. You wanna cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that, They can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who want to try LinkedIn ads. You can get $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you want to make B2B marketing everything it can be and get $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Young and profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You gotta beat inflation. I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password. And then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. That's the lesson because it's not that you can necessarily do this anymore. Now I do media buying as a profession and I actually took all these relationships from the people who sponsored me and I sell these opportunities to my clients 
because they're actually very expensive to do or not very expensive, but they cost money. So it's like a typical run will cost anywhere from seven from like $4,000 to $10,000. And you usually have to do it every month if you're going to do it, right? And so usually it's networks like Wondery and iHeart who are buying these opportunities for their original content podcast. So for the average podcaster, it's out of their league. It was out of my league when I was a podcaster. It's only because I was innovative and found this little loophole before everybody else did, right? And it is, it's because I knocked on so many doors before I found that opportunity. I was stagnant for a long time, but I kept trying and trying and trying until I found something that worked. I love that. That is such a great lesson and so, yeah. so applicable for everyone watching this. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, Hala, if, if people want to learn more about what it is that you do and about Yap Media, how can they do that? Yeah. So the best where the best place to go is yapmedia.io. And we've got all our services there. I also launched a new podcast network. So if you get over 10,000 downloads a week, come talk to me. We have a new podcast network that is absolutely crushing already. Amazing. Wow. Okay. So what I wanted Hala to share with us in this video was really just go through and deep dive in her strategy. Like what did she do almost step-by-step to use LinkedIn to grow her podcast. So Hala, over to you, please share with us everything that you can. Yeah, sure. So why don't we split it up in a couple of different things? First, let's talk about frequency. So LinkedIn is the type of platform where you want to post at least five times a week, if not every single day. And I would say post in the morning. So anywhere between nine and 12, that way people can engage on your content all day. So that's frequency, post every single day, be consistent. Once you start, just make sure that you post every single day, even if it does bad. If it does bad, just delete it. That's it, right? It's not a big deal. Nobody's going to notice, okay? So that's first things first, consistency. Now let's talk about captions. So LinkedIn likes broetry style. So broetry style means that it's this line by line content. You guys, if you follow me on LinkedIn, just search for my name, it's Halataha. You'll see that all my posts are this line by line content. People do not like chunky paragraphs. People do not like to read when they're scrolling on mobile. Reading chunky paragraphs is just really hard. And your sentences will look like paragraphs. So just think about just doing a couple lines. Um, You also want to start with a hook. So something that really entices them. Um, And you also want to end with a call to action. And you want to make sure that your posts have meaning, right? And they provide value. So stay away from promotional content for a long time. You don't want to sell to your audience too quickly. You want to be of service. So make sure that you're educational, inspirational, motivational. Those are the types of things that you want to post if you want to get traction on LinkedIn and any other platform. Now, the best and highest engagement on LinkedIn, like likes, comments, shares, the most valuable engagement is a share, right? So the more that your posts get shared, the more likely it's going to go viral. So you want to optimize everything for shareability. So whenever you're posting something, you want to think, would somebody share this? Would I share this? So if there's a picture of you on it, and you're dressed inappropriately, no one's going to share it. Mm. If there's a picture of you and you're smiling and you look professional and and people are going to share it, right? And people love faces. So big smiles, big eyes, white teeth. That's really important. The bigger the face, the better it will perform. Okay. So I know I'm spitting out a lot. I just know a lot about LinkedIn. (laughs) Um, uh, The other thing is content type. So the bigger the asset, the bigger the piece of real estate, whether that's video or graphic, the better it's going to perform. You want to stop the scroll. Also, the brighter, the better. So be different, stand out, especially on a platform like LinkedIn. People are sharing external links and it's really boring a lot of the times. So the more that you stand out, the brighter the colors, the more 
even controversial, the better. Uh, again, faces, if you have a video, put a thumbnail that has a face on it. It will perform a lot better. If you have a picture, make the face as big as possible. One face, I think, is better than many faces. And that's really key. So if you notice a lot of my posts and a lot of my clients, it's just portrait photos. And that does the best mm-hmm. on LinkedIn with something that's educational, motivational, inspirational in the caption. Uh, the other kind of hacks uh, that you want to think about is don't post external links, especially in the caption. So most platforms, they don't want you to go to another website. They want you to stay on platform. So if you point to an external website, they're going to deprioritize your post. So you can put the link in the comments or you can retarget anybody who liked or commented in the DMs with your link. That will be a lot better. Clicks happen in the DMs. They don't happen on the actual content. I love that. Wow. Okay. So in terms of, you know, you mentioned hook in the caption, do you put any text on the images or videos that you, you post as like, do you put any text hooks, I guess? Yeah. So the thumbnail definitely should have a very few amount of words, but something that's going to hook them in, maybe a question, maybe something that sparks curiosity, right? Um, And then captions are great, especially if you want to be accessible. Um, Captions are always a good thing. So definitely important. I would say what's more important is your caption, making it short, sweet, uh, catchy, and meaningful, and making sure that your asset has content that's just, you know, interesting and people actually want to watch. Now, what I will say is videos on LinkedIn in general don't perform that well. uh, But something that people don't realize is that their impressions are counted differently. So on LinkedIn, a video view is when somebody watches your video for three seconds, whereas a view on a graphic is somebody just scrolls by. And so it's a lot harder to get video views. So you can basically like times it by four or so to know how many people actually saw your post. Um, and it's it's hard because people think like videos don't work at all on LinkedIn, but really it's just counted a little bit differently. And you have to realize that like it will always seem like videos perform way worse. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so you talked about the frequency of posting every day. What was your content strategy as in, in terms of, you know, we talk a lot about content pillars and what, did you have a content strategy when you were posting on LinkedIn around that? I mean, it's changed so many times, you know, but like, I, I think I would have, you know, maybe three posts a week were more like motivational, inspirational, personal stories. Like if something happened to me at work or on the train, I would kind of like share more personal things that would connect me with my audience. And so they'd felt like they knew me as a person. And then two days a week, I would promote my new episode. And so putting out micro content. And here's a tip since everybody's a podcaster, if anybody's liking or commenting on your podcast episode, they're raising their hand and they're saying, hey, like I would be interested to check out the full episode. That's your opportunity to then DM them and be like, hey, I noticed you liked my microclip. If you want to catch the full episode, here's the link. And that's how I got a lot of subscribers. So I'd retarget people who liked and commented on my micro content videos, which were about like three minutes long, and then would encourage them to listen to the full episode. Love that. So much, so much gold there. Okay, cool. So that was frequency. What's the next, what was the next part? Well, we went over frequency. We went over content, uh, captions. We went over asset types because I I mentioned graphics are performing well. Again, polls are not working well on LinkedIn. So stay away from them. Sliders aren't really working well on LinkedIn. It's really those big static posts, text only posts have a little bit of momentum right now. 
and videos. So those are the three things that you should pay attention to. The more shareable, the better. Again, the more shares, the more likely you're going to go viral. Even a ton of comments because people can kind of fudge comments now. LinkedIn doesn't really care that much about comments. So you could get hundreds and thousands of comments and not go viral. It's all about the shares, okay? Uh, The next thing I'm going to talk about is publishing strategies. So people don't realize that publishing is just as important as the actual content. And what I mean by publishing strategies is the way that you engage and get other people to engage on your content. So one of the first things that I did when I first started gaining influence on LinkedIn is I decided to team up with my competition. And I was like, who is an upcoming podcaster that's coming from my neck right now? It was like Mark Metry at the time, Quentin alums, like Jordan Paris. It was like all these, these guys that were bubbling up and also podcasting or doing similar things. And I said, let's join a WhatsApp group. Let's have a monthly mastermind call. Let's change exchange strategies since we're both doing LinkedIn and podcasts and let's support each other's links. And so I got all these podcasters in a WhatsApp group and I just had some simple rules. I was like, listen, if you post something today and you post a link, you got to share on everyone else's link. And I looked it up in LinkedIn's terms of service and it's not against their TOS. It's not against terms of service to have an engagement pod. So I encourage everyone to start your own engagement pod because you want people to like and comment within the first 30 minutes of your post. So I got all these other influencers to do that. Their audience was very similar to mine. Their audience started to see my stuff. It made me even bigger, made me even go more viral. So Start your own engagement pod. Make sure people are liking and commenting within the first 30 minutes of you putting up a post. If you have a team, have the team like and comment. If you have a family that will support you, have your family like and comment. It really does help and it helps kind of boost your visibility in the feed. So publishing strategies are important. The other thing is like the timing, pay attention to your timing. Um, and then also responding to your comments. There's, there's a trick though. You don't want to respond to every comment. There's some psychological things going on in the comments. If you respond to every single comment, people are going to find it and be like, they're going to think, oh, she is like on it right now. And I'm like too embarrassed to comment because she's like actually reading her comments right now. That's one reason why you don't want to respond to all the comments. The next reason why is because people are going to be like, oh my gosh, I think the conversation is over because everything's responded to. And they they'll like so like you want to leave like the last like five ten comments unanswered at all times because then people will keep commenting we'll be right back after a quick break from our sponsors young and profiters i'm about to be jet setting all over the world i'm going to london cancun new orleans and new york to speak i'm going to be up there with the bright lights and i want to be spiffy i want to look fresh and so I'm going on a big shopping spree. I got to get clothes. I got to get hair stuff, skincare stuff, makeup. But I'm not going to feel guilty about this shopping spree because Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Rakuten is the shopping platform for savvy savers. From May 6th to May 13th, they're having their biggest cashback event of the year. I'm talking about 15% cashback at hundreds of stores with additional cashback bonuses. And they've got so many stores participating in their big give week. So when it comes to clothes, I'm looking at Splendid and Good American. And when it comes to beauty, they've got so many good stores participating. They've got Ulta, Fenty, Bobby Brown, Blue Mercury, and all the products that we love. Now we can get cash back. It's like getting a discount on the stuff you're going to buy anyway. It's absolutely amazing. They even have travel brands, so that's going to be super convenient for me with all my upcoming trips. Expedia, Hotels.com. You can get deals on everything from electronics to home goods to travel and beauty. 
Young and Profiters, you're going to want to grab this limited time deal with both hands. You get high cashback rates for only eight days. So hurry. Membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app at R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Young and profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me. Indeed is the powerful hiring platform where I can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed has things like skills assessments, where when we have specific roles, we can find an assessment that matches that role and we can make sure they have the skills that we need. Then I can focus on culture fit. I can make sure they're scrappy enough and are obsessed with excellence and do all the things that we need to do for them to fit in at YAP. And Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools like Instant Match. An Instant Match basically matches you with candidates as soon as you put up a job post with people who are qualified right away. It's instant. And the best part is it gets better as you use it. So now when I use Indeed, especially when I'm hiring for similar roles, I get people right away where they know that I'm gonna like the candidates because they can see what my preferences were in the past. It gets better as you use it. According to US Indeed data, the moment Indeed sponsors a job, over 80% of employers get candidates whose resumes are a perfect match for the position. It's like waving a magic wand that gets better as you use it. So I love using Indeed. We've found a lot of our A players on there. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who count on Indeed to hire their next superstar like we do at Yap Media. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash profiting. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Again, that's indeed.com slash profiting and support the show by saying you heard about it on Young and Profiting Podcast. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Young and profiters, as you may know, I launched my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass a little bit over a year ago. It was my first course. And so far, I've generated well over $500,000. And the best part is I didn't have to figure out how to set up my mastermind subscriptions, how to do abandoned cart targeting and All of that tech geeky stuff, I just left that all to Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And if you're in that I need to sell more with less stage, Shopify magic is your AI superpowered sidekick ready to whip up captivating content that converts. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell anything, anywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to the other options out there. It's no wonder Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, including huge global brands like Allbirds and Thrive Cosmetics. It took me a day to set up my Shopify store. I set up chat, took two minutes, and I was done. One month from thinking of the idea to implementation, a year later, I've made half a million dollars on the idea. 
That's what it takes in 2024, just a good idea. And then utilizing a platform like Shopify that can help you make it a reality. There is no excuse these days. If you've got a good business idea and you think you'll be a good entrepreneur, you don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to be super techie. And you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash profiting. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Hashtags don't work that well on LinkedIn. You want to keep it to like three. Um, You also don't want to overdo it with uh, very popular hashtags because actually more people will see your post, but less people will engage. Your engagement rate will go down and you actually won't get boosted in the feed. So you want to kind of own a hashtag. So for example, I use the same three hashtags. Two of them are branded. One of them is one that I'm owning and that's podcast. So I, I basically own the podcast hashtag on LinkedIn. I do it for every single post. And then I have Yap which is my brand and Young and Profiting, which is which is my podcast. So uh, a couple branded hashtags, maybe one that you try to own and you always use is another is another tactic. So, so awesome. Okay. Um, and then talk us through your whole DM strategy because this was another way that you really blew up. Uh, and I, the, you shared one way with, with us, which is as people are commenting, liking, hey, DM them and go like, I saw that you did that. Do you want to listen to the podcast episode? What, how else did you use DMing on LinkedIn? There's so many different ways to use a lot of the different features. So I'll just talk about some of the things that people aren't realizing. And the other thing I'll say is that automation is against terms of service. And so I did it when I was first coming out, but I would not recommend that anybody do automation. Now you've got to do everything manually. You can get a VA or something like that, but you have to be careful because you can't log in from a different country or a different city. It's it's pretty technical. So what I would say is if you want to get into this, you've got to really know what you're doing and don't just do it without really studying about it and understanding that you have to be logged in from like the same city. You have to stay under a certain amount of actions so you don't get flagged. And so automation is against terms of service. I do not recommend it. It's something I did early in my career before I even knew that it was against LinkedIn terms of service. Okay. So just calling that out. Got it. Now, in terms of like just general things that you should be aware of, uh, number one is that LinkedIn is full of dead connections. So one of the things that you want to do is you want to optimize for active connections. And what that means is people who have logged on to LinkedIn for the past six months and people who actively engage, meaning they like, share, and they comment on posts. Those are the people that you want to invite to your network because the last thing that you want is somebody who doesn't engage because then your engagement rate is always going to be down. Mm -hmm. So I run a social media agency for celebrities and influencers and things like that. And we always get different types of clients. Sometimes people have no following, which is the easiest thing to grow and like get a really active channel that goes viral because you don't have any dead connections. Some people have like 30,000 connections. They used LinkedIn from 10 years ago. They added people left and right. And those people aren't on the platform anymore. You need to go in there. You can get access to something like Sales Navigator, which is a, a, a software from LinkedIn. You can see who's been inactive for six months or more. You can see who's in India or who's in countries that you don't care for, you don't sell to. And you can start to unfollow people who don't belong in your network. And that's going to be really key if you want to go viral because you need a high engagement rate. Mm-hmm. So 
So that's a key tactic that some people don't realize is that you actually need to unfollow people so that you can get a better head start, especially if you already have a lot of connections. If you don't have a lot of connections right now, it's it's a non-issue. You can just focus on active connections. Now, where do you find the active connections? It's not just looking at follower lists. It's looking at who liked and commented on recent posts of people who speak about the topics that you speak about. Mm -hmm. And so think about your niche come up with a list of lookalike profiles. So for me, it's like Lewis Howes, Jay Shetty, Jordan Harbinger, Gary Vee, right? Those are the people that I targeted. Who is liking and commenting on those posts? Send those people an invite. Hey, what's up? I noticed you're engaging on this so-and-so's post. That's my favorite podcaster. I'd love to connect. Or, oh, I noticed that you're engaging with so-and-so's post. He actually just came on my podcast. I'd love to connect. Like then send a DM after they accept and say, hey, thank you so much for liking my stuff. If you want to listen to my show, here's the link. I'd love to like, you know, provide value on your feed. Can't wait for, you know, to learn more about you and have genuine conversations with people. I really got to know my followers and then they became my super fans. Some of them worked for me, volunteers, and it everything just took off from there. So definitely pay attention to your community. Wow. I love that. Okay. Now I know that you, you've obviously used other organic means to grow your podcast. Can you share some of those with us? Yeah, I think um, there, there's lots of different ways and a lot of them don't cost any money. So one of my favorite tactics is to guest on other shows. So for a period of time, I went on anybody's show who asked. Actually, this month, I'm going on anybody's show who asks. Uh, for a while, I had some criteria. You know, you had to have over 5,000 followers on one platform or, you know. But now I'm just supporting anybody who supports me JLD style. And guesting on shows is a great way to get new listeners because uh, 50% of people who listen to pod, sorry, 50% of people in America do not listen to podcasts. So when you're posting on social media, you got to remember that you're posting to 50% of people who don't listen to podcasts. And most people don't listen to podcasts frequently, but the people who do listen to podcasts listen to six or seven at a time. And so that means that if you guess on someone's show, they might be interested to go find you and subscribe and listen to your show. And so guesting on other shows is a great tactic and it's a free tactic. You just got to find a swap. Now, in terms of how you actually find those podcasts. So basically what you want to do is you can go to something like Listen Notes mm -hmm. and you can look up your podcast and see, and this is not entirely accurate because I know that they're not that accurate with me, but it's, I think it's accurate enough. Yes. If you go here, you'll see what kind of podcast ranking that you have. And then you can go look up other podcasts and see if they rank similar. If they rank similar, you can use this as a leverage point and say, hey, like we have the same global rank on Listen Notes. Why don't we have a podcast swap? Or you can simply tell them, hey, I get a thousand downloads an episode. How many, how many downloads do you get per episode? If it's around the same, uh, you know, range, we have a similar audience. Let's have a podcast swap, right? Now, the other thing that you can do is a commercial impression swap. So basically what that means, and I did this with Jordan Harbinger. So Jordan Harbinger's show is like five to eight times my size at any given moment, right? So right. his show's much bigger than mine. So when he became my mentor, we had an impression swap where I did eight commercials for his every one to promote my podcast. And we did an impression commercial swap. So that's a very creative way to get a commercial on a really big podcast. So if you get 10,000 downloads an episode and somebody gets 50,000 downloads, you're going to do five commercials for their every one and you'll do an even impression swap. So that's a key thing. A lot of big podcasters do that. A lot of people don't really know about it. And it's something that up and, pod up and coming podcasters can kind of replicate. 
Wow. Okay. This has been so, so cool. Thank you so much, Hala. This is just invaluable information that you're sharing with our audience. So if people uh, want to know more about what it is that you're doing about Yap Media uh, and maybe even like what level do they need to be at to even have a conversation with you? (laughs) Can you share with us all of those details? Yeah. First of all, I think the number one way to thank me would be to listen to Young and Profiting Podcast. I just put out an episode with Wim Hof today. It's an amazing conversation. Mm -hmm. I'd love for you guys to go listen to my episode with Wim Hof. Then drop me a review on Apple Podcasts since I'm still actually growing my Apple Podcasts and trying to. So (laughs) please drop me a, a review on Apple Podcasts if you found value from this session, that would be the number one way to thank me and to subscribe to the show, listen to Young and Profiting Podcast. I interview the brightest minds in the world. We unpack their wisdom for actionable advice. And then my company, Yap Media. So it's for CEOs, influencers, celebrities. Uh, it has a pretty high monthly retainer. So if you are you know, doing really well and you want to ramp up your personal brand or blow up your company, hit me up yapmedia.io. And if you're an up and coming podcaster and you have any questions for me, I have a text community. You can join that by texting yap to 28046. And that's how you can ask any question that you have for me. So I'd love for you guys to join my text community. And uh, if you want to find out more about me or the show, just go to youngandprofiting.com.